Hello and welcome to Media MD, the podcast where each week we prescribe each other a piece of media that we have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And this week we're in, in between our, uh, our push prescription and push diagnosis episodes. <laughs> so you still have one more week to catch up and watch push before we talk about it next week with spoilers. Um, but in the meantime, we thought we would bring another showdown episode, similar to the one we did before, where we debate two related pieces of media and talk about which would be better to prescribe to someone who has seen neither. Yep. So, this time, we will be showdowning the two Avatar TV series. That is, Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar Legend of Korra. Or as some people say, Avatar. Yeah, not to be confused with James Cameron's Avatar, Mm -hmm. um, which is slightly different. A little bit. Mm. Yeah, we should have done, which would you recommend first? Avatar The Last Airbender movie or James Cameron's Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's just set this up uh, by, by talking about who's going to be on what sides. Um, yeah. Elliot, you're going to be debating the point that people should watch Avatar The Last Airbender first. And yeah. I'm going to be arguing that people should instead watch Avatar The Legend of Korra first. Um, and so I guess to give some quick context to people who may have seen neither... Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and then at the end of this, you'll be picking which one you're going to go watch first. Mm. But uh, they're both uh, animated cartoons um, set in a... I feel like the word, the term animated cartoons is a bit tautological. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, it's a drawn animated cartoon um, (laughs) set in a world where some people are born with the ability to manipulate um, the various elements. So, you know, like fire, earth and all that. and it's sort of like a fantasy type world. Anyway, basically, it just leads to lots of fights. Mm-hmm. And there's one person called the Avatar who can bend all four. And they're basically a sort of messiah character in the world who is, whose yeah. job it is to keep the peace and all that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so both both the series follow different avatars. Yep. So Avatar The Last Airbender follows the story of Aang, who is a young avatar who kind of was frozen in ice for 100 years and comes back to a world which is very basically damaged, and his quest is to restore order to the world. Um, yeah. And I'd say that's set in in a kind of analogous to medieval times that, that's pretty uh, Asian-influenced. Yeah, um, So definitely. it's a lot of kind of feudalism with some kingdoms, stuff like that. Um, Avatar The Legend of Korra is set what, like 60 years later with the next Avatar, who is called Korra. Yeah. And this is set in a kind of Industrial Revolution era um, world. The same world, 60 years on, kind of industrialized. Yeah, basically. Um, so let's talk some, some stats here, just to lend some uh, some evidence to whichever side might might be better. Um so I've yeah. I've gone to my favorite website ever, which is uh, graph.kevinformatics.com, which is uh, where you can graph out the IMDb plots <laughs> of ratings for various episodes. So I, I've taken a look at the Avatar The Last Airbender ratings. Uh, so Avatar is overall rated 9.2 out of 10. Sorry, the last, let's just call it The Last Airbender the last and Airbender. Legend of Korra. Yeah. Yep. So The Last Airbender is overall rated 9.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, it has three seasons, overall trending from around 8.2 at the start to around 9.2 at the end. Um, the highest episode is the final episode called Sozin's Comet, and the lowest rated episode is... Well, do you want to guess the lowest rated episode, Elliot? It, it's it got to be... It's that one. It's like episode 10 in season one where they go to the, can- the Grand Canyon thing. Yep. 
Season one, episode 11, <laughs> The Great Divide. Correct. Um, yeah. So Legend of Korra's trend line is a lot more stable, whereas Avatar The Last Airbender kind of grows. Oh, that's interesting. Legend of Korra starts at about 8.7 and ends at about 9. Uh, so Avatar Legend of Korra's lowest episode is season four, episode eight, Remembrances, which is a uh, a bit of a clip show episode. Ironically, I don't remember it. Yeah, I didn't remember it either until I looked it up. Uh, and the highest rated episodes of Legend of Korra are... Uh, it's a tie, actually, between Season 2, Episode 8, Beginnings Part 2, which is the second part of this like flashback episode, yep. and the finale of Season 3, which is called Venom of the Red Lotus. Yeah. Oh, so Legend of Korra's overall rating is 8.6 out of 10, so okay. it's a bit lower. Okay. But you know what? User ratings aren't everything, I would say, Elliot. No, especially when we're you know going to decide this based on a user poll. <laughs> yeah, so actually, good point. We will uh, in the in the show notes down below. You'll be able to decide which show you think wins the vote. Um, and now I know a lot of Avatar fans are probably going to vote for the Last Airbender just because it is the one that kind of started it all, and everyone has a lot of attachments to it. I get it, guys. Yeah. I have a lot of attachments to it too. But listen to the points we're going to put forward because I think I can put forward a pretty compelling case that people should watch The Legend of Korra first. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so we'll each we'll each do three points, and then we'll kind of see where we land on it after that. Yeah. Um, since The Last Airbender was chronologically first, do you want to go first with your first point? Um, okay, that, I mean, it seems like pretty arbitrary reasoning, so... <laughs> um, Okay, I'm going to start with a with a fairly sort of straightforward one. Um, so, as you sort of talked about, uh, The Last Airbender went for three seasons, The Legend of Korra went for four, uh, but The Last Airbender is just sort of one plot. It, it's, it's got a lot of coherence and, and a direction. It It's all one story and, you know, various narrative elements weave in and out, but it's all leading towards this one big battle. And that sort of coherence then leads to stronger characters and, and, uh, and you know, just sort of better aspects in a lot of other ways. Whereas Korra jumps around a lot. So And that, and that was by design. I'm not criticizing it um, necessarily. I like by design, they chose to have each season more or less be a standalone plot. Mm. But to me, that decision led to particularly the characters in Korra um, bumping around a lot because they sort of, not all of them fit very easily into each sort of season's plot and so there was just sort of jumping around and and not just as much coherence and, and movement always forward yeah I, I i would agree with that um i think the the counterpoint my first point here that i have is that legend of Korra is a more realistic story um and, and in the term in the service of that realism Korra is the central character for all of these four plots just because she's the avatar and everything in the world that happens essentially kind of does revolve around her at least all the big shit um but i i think i would i think i call it a a world building strength that mako and bolin are big characters in the first season um and then their part kind of fades away in the second and third seasons whereas tenzin and his siblings come become more important or um maybe asami becomes important for certain seasons over others i i think it's it's I agree that Legend of Korra doesn't have the kind of character cohesiveness that the original Team Avatar has. I like to call them OTA. That the original OTA has. Um, <laughs> that's that's an arrow reference for those of you who don't watch stupid shows. <laughs> for those of you who don't watch stupid For those of you with good taste. Um, yeah, but but I think that 
Legend of Korra overall, and this is kind of represented by the way that the team kind of adapts and changes over time, has this interesting realism to it. I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, like, there's definitely an argument that the the fluctuation sort of lends itself to, yeah, a more realistic sort of mm. um, plot and all that. But, I mean, you know, this is also a cartoon about people who shoot fireballs and, like, earth balls at <laughs> each other. Like, um, yeah. I, and I guess I, it kind of comes back a bit to Korra was aimed at a more mature mature audience than mm. the last airbender for sure so maybe mm. it all sort of ties back into that a little bit um yeah and and kind of to to discuss this a bit more to talk about the more mature versus more young aged uh shows i think one of the strengths of Korra to me one of the biggest strengths that it has over avatar is avatar is this three season long plot to defeat one person the fire lord Right? Yeah. And, you know, Azula's in there too, and, and she's obviously a villain. There are other villains who come and go along the way, um, General Zhao, mm-hmm. whatever. But to me, the core villain of the Fire Lord is never really that much of a character in the oh, show. He's, yeah, he's, he's very flat. He's just the generic Dark Lord bad guy figure, for sure. Yeah, the only, the only real characterization you get is through uh, characters like Zuko or Azula who have direct interactions with him. And you you get this hints at who he is based on the impacts that he has had on those characters, right? Yeah, but he he never really does amount to anything more than just being very evil and power hungry. Like those essentially exactly. are his only traits, right? But um, I I just rewatched uh, season one of Legend of Korra in preparation for this, and I I think this applies to uh, I think what I'm about to say applies a lot to the first villain, Amon, who's a villain of season one, but also to other villains throughout the show, which is that they are, they actually have characters and their plans have, um, like substance, you know, um, the, the kind of plot of season one of Korra is that there's this divide between benders and non-benders and Korra has to kind of learn that not all conflicts can just be solved through fighting while Amon is trying to basically equalize in his words. Um, the divide between benders and non-benders. Uh, but then there's also this whole thing about Amon not being who he says he is and, and where his power comes from and, and all these kind of political interplays in Republic City where it's set, which add a lot of substance to this plot that I think the overarching plot of The Last Airbender doesn't have. Yeah. Um, and it leads to Amon being a character who is fucking terrifying and despicable and, like, uh, villainous in a way that, that Fire Lord Ozai isn't. I mean, but at the same time, and I mean, this is what I really like, because I, I, I thought this might come up. There's no way I can argue that I, I think Korra has better villains. And particularly with someone mm. like Amon, it's because he also has a really good point. Like, the thing mm. is, is it was hard It was hard to see him entirely as a villain because his whole concept of um, taking power away from Benders made a lot of sense because it was really, mm. you know, you're being born with this insane power over people who don't have it. Yeah. And obviously his means are not justifiable, but, there's, no, but there's, his strength comes from the, the actual classist problems that the world of Avatar has, right? Exactly. And, and like, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a point, whereas, yeah, Ozai was very much just, I want to control the world with fire mm. or something. Um, and they're like, because Korra has, in season three, Zaheer, um, who's just sort of an anarchist um, mm. and just wants to sort of destabilize everything. Um, yeah, he's potentially one of my favorite villains of anything ever. Yeah, and even though even though he is a very good versus evil, clear cut villain, he is he's still characterized a lot better and yeah. and like 
impacts you a lot more than than Fire Lord Ozai does. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But sort of wait, is it Ozai? Ozai. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I would agree that that Korra sort of has those more mature themes that leads it to have better villains and stuff. Um, but I, I still find the the constant jumping around between plot arcs and all that to mm. detract to me from just the, the simplicity, I guess, of the of the original series. It just has that cohesion that just really makes it all come together as, as a good story. Mm. Um, mm. You know, obviously, yeah, like you said, it's not as realistic, but, but that's not always what you're looking for in a story. Yeah, I feel that. And I think there is a definite stylistic difference between these two shows, which <laughs> is going to undercut our argument a bit by making the ultimate point of this. If you want something that is a more season-long story, you should watch Korra. And if you want something that has a bit more um, like self-contained episodes and, uh, and uh, maybe a bit of a longer arc story rather than a short form each season as a story, then uh, The Last Airbender is probably for you. But even having said that, I think... I, I, I think that when The Last Airbender came out and for the audience that it was targeted at, it is acceptable for it to be self-contained stories and the overall plot to not really be that well-defined. Uh, I think there are yeah. definitely definitely plot threads throughout there that are very well done, like Zuko's kind of redemption and interaction with, with, with Iroh. Um, and I think the, the kind of plots of each arc are quite well done. So the, the Water Tribe... Mm kind of heading to the Northern Water Tribe and that uh, siege, the Earth Kingdom and the subterfuge with that, and then Zuko's kind of redemption and the final confrontation. But overall, the plot isn't cohesive. And I think that's not acceptable to a level anymore that it was when The Last Airbender came out. I think the kind of the kind of goalposts of television has shifted a bit to mean that forgetting that one aspect isn't as acceptable as it was. Yeah, uh, I see. I I understand the argument you're making, but I I disagree with your <laughs> analysis that it's not that that it doesn't have that. But um, mm. um, maybe that's something we can't resolve. But um, this does lead me into sort of my my next argument. I'm I'm not sure if it's my mm. turn again. I've, I've sort of lost track. Yeah, sure. But uh, I would argue that the last Airbender has just much better characters so you know you just mentioned like Zuko mm. and Iroh um and those would be some of my go-tos along with Azula um apart from like we talked about those interesting villains in Korra and mm. maybe Korra herself though I find the legend of Korra doesn't really have any characters that give it much substance like the 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 mm. sort of supporting cast I guess um so like Marco you know is ridiculously flat Bolin has his moments <laughs> but the majority of the time he's just kind of a joke character and you can kind yeah. of compare him to Sokka in The Last Airbender who mm. is the joke character but also has a lot of other things about him and I think you know it does sort of come back to that whole coherence and direction argument there the three seasons just let them build these characters in a much much deeper way and i especially if you're someone who who characters mean a lot to you when you're watching something i think the last airbender sort of has a lot more there i would definitely agree that the supporting characters in in the last airbender are stronger i think um bolin and marco in particular are especially weak in the first season and they do kind of grow into their characters over the course of it but they're always behind the original team avatar um and that, that kind of even extends to, like, Appa and Momo being contrasted with Naga and Pabu, who are the kind of equivalents a, in, yeah, in Legend of Korra. Of um, but I think the characters, the core characters at Legend of Korra, which are Korra and Tenzin, I think are very, very strong characters. Um, and I think 
Korra as an avatar is more compelling to me than Aang is, even though, like, I, I, I could understand how someone would disagree with it with this, but Aang to me is a very straightforward character. He's a very simple character because I think by design, because he is a lot younger. Yeah. And he does have his own kind of personal troubles to deal with, basically his naivety throughout the show. But Korra to me is a more well-defined and, and interesting character just because she is a strong bender and she just has complete disconnection from the actual problems of trying to solve like the, the actual issues that she's trying to solve and i think yeah. that's more fascinating to me of this person who has to learn how to be like how to be diplomatic essentially yeah well because there i mean she's she's very much a contrast to ang ang comes into it sort of with the spiritual side of bending mm-hmm. down pat and he spends his series actually learning more of the physical side yeah whereas Korra from the get-go is very physically capable but she's constantly struggling to connect properly to the more spiritual aspect of being the avatar yeah they are basically opposites um except they're, yeah. they're the same in one way which is that they both are bad at being diplomatic right yeah <laughs> Korra especially but it's for different reasons i would argue ang was sort of too trusting to be properly diplomatic he he often mm sort of expected too much from people whereas Korra mm. was just sort of impatient and didn't listen like she almost had the opposite problem she would just <laughs> sort of tell people what yeah. they had to do and not really yeah. actually take their feelings into account yeah I, I I want to point out one scene in particular which is there's this scene where <laughs> there's this scene I think it's like a, a lot of the early episodes in Legend of Korra are Korra finding people who are making arguments about how bending is like like gives undue power to triads and to criminals and whatever. Yeah, and, then um, and her solution is, oh, I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> yeah. And it's this great thing to me because it so demonstrates the problem with Cora's character, which is that she tries to solve everything with force. And, and it, it gives such a compelling arc to her character over the series, which is she has to learn that she d- can't just solve things through force. And she doesn't quite learn that by the end of season one, but that's definitely the trend that she goes in. She bounces around a bit, and that was one of the big problems I had, is when a new season would start, it often felt like she regressed a bit, and, and that's mm. something you see usually on shows. like If it's like a week-to-week sitcom, like maybe something like um, How I Met Your Mother or something, something like one of those old mm. classic sitcoms where it was like, you know, somebody would like learn a lesson and then because because the sort of comedy demanded it the next week, they sort of would have unlearned it. They had forgotten the lesson, yeah. Yeah, and, and I found that happening a fair bit in Korra, whereas that was something I, I felt didn't happen in The Last Airbender. Yeah, she, she does regress a bit. And I think the main... Uh, <laughs> Look, let's touch on the whole Legend of Korra Season 2 thing, shall we? Um, season 2 is a bit of a, at least for the start of Season 2, is a bit of a misstep for Legend of Korra, uh, which I think harms it a lot, because it, she does regress at the start of Season 2. She becomes more hot-headed, and you realise that she's kind of forgotten everything from the first season. And then yeah. the, the first few episodes of the first of the second season are so... They, they don't quite land, Um and it pulls itself together as the season progresses. But I think that is probably where this idea of Legend of Korra not being as good of a show comes from, is this cluster of early season two. But but to me, I think that one inconsistency is forgivable in a show that is trying to do more, which I think is another reason I like Legend of Korra, is it, it has loftier goals for the story that it's trying to tell, you know? Yeah, I, yeah I, I'd agree with that. With that. Um, it's definitely, it is trying to say more and do more with with mm. its characters and plot 
I have one last point that I'd like to make, which is, look, on the whole, it's probably a little inconsequential, but I, w- I want to bring it up anyway, just because I think it's important. Um, yeah. The music in Legend of Korra is so amazing. Like, <laughs> the music in The Last Airbender was pretty good, but the kind of jazzy uh, Asian fusion jazz music in Legend of Korra is so incredible. And it's just like... In the first season especially, there are so many great themes of Legend of Korra where she's like, there's a chase scene and this music is like popping and jazzing around or, or there's these more somber scenes and or there's the pro-bending fights and the music is kind of bringing you into this action with it. The music in Legend of Korra is great and I think that that should be a point in its favour. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I wrote, wait, because there are some great songs in The Last Airbender that I remember, but I, I remember, now that you're mentioning it, I remember the jazzy stuff, but it honestly, it didn't stick out to me maybe quite as much as it did to you, I guess. Really? Um, That's interesting. I, but I think, I think it may be fair. Like, it's definitely, it's a nice, unique sort of style that Korra has with, with mm. you, right? That sort of Asian, like, almost classical meets jazz type yeah. mix whereas uh the last airbender is sort of your classic well it's, it's a very classical just sort of you know anime style soundtrack really. yeah definitely yeah um well so i had i had one last point to sort of make in the last mm-hmm. airbender's favor and this one's a bit counterintuitive at first but okay. so bear with me I, i'd actually argue that the last airbender has a, a deeper and more developed world than the legend of korra Ooh. Um, okay, uh, you've said it's counterintuitive, so I'll give you some time. <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't really make sense because Korra is the sequel and is set later. So I wait. Mm. It technically has all of the Last Airbender's world building to to then add on to plus it. more. But um, yeah. the the Last Airbender is you know in the Last Airbender they travel over the whole world and they see all these great places and you learn about all these sort of interesting cultures that are based to varying degrees on. Uh, different like eastern cultures in our world mm-hmm. um whereas Korra is very much uh the, the legend of Korra is very much stuck mostly in republic city um it, it branches mm-hmm. out every now and then um you know there's little bits in in the south southern pole and you know it does i think goes to the spirit world more but like i don't think they ever go to the fire nation um no. and and it's very much it its world building is usually more about how the industrial revolution is affecting um, some of the places that were in the last mm. Airbender, whereas the last Airbender mm. is all about them exploring and finding these new places that are all really, well, for the most part, all really interesting. The last Airbender has an industrial revolution episode as well. Don't you remember Elliot, the painted lady, <laughs> where there's that town that's like? I was, I was about to say you're not talking about that stupid one on the water um, <laughs> in season three yeah um yeah maybe that was the basis for the whole legend of Korra. yeah they were like this episode dealt with a lot of interesting <laughs> themes let's make that our new show <laughs> but anyway yeah so that's my point i'd actually argue that avatar present or sorry, the last airbender presents a much more interesting and diverse mm. world than Korra, because Korra focuses more on the new the, the way technology is shaping certain parts of the world as opposed to exploring all of it yeah i i, I would definitely say that the world in in the last Airbender is more diverse. I mean, like things like the northern water, the northern water tribe, to um, that library in the desert with the owl spirit. Th- there's a lot of like completely diverse scenarios in the last Airbender, and maybe Legend of Korra. This is a bit of a maybe. This is just me defending Legend of Korra, but the Legend of Korra might be a bit of a, more of a statement on how globalization causes 
that <laughs> uniqueness to drain out of the world a little bit. Let's just say maybe that it's an intentional thing, <laughs> not, a, not an oversight. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, do you have any other points you'd like to make in the last Airbender's favour? Well, I mean, it was made first, so you should watch it first. Look, I didn't want to bring this up, but the counterpoint to that is that Legend of Korra is a more accessible show just through its, through the fact that it is is more rele- more recent and more adult targeted. Um, yeah, that's fair. But let's let's not quibble too much in this episode, <laughs> Elliot. Let's let the uh, let's let the fans decide. So if if you think that we've whichever show you think we've talked up the most, um, it, what am I trying to say here? Fuck. Whichever show you think won this won this showdown, you can cast your vote in the link in the show notes down below, um, and we'll we'll take a look at it probably next week or in a week or two and see what we thought. Um, if you have any comments on which show you think is better to recommend to people who haven't seen either, then you can also leave that in the discussion thread. Again, link in the show notes. Uh, and finally, if you if you're looking for one more link in the show notes to click, you can uh, leave us your thoughts on push. And if uh, if we find some good thoughts that we want to include, we'll talk about them next week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you back in, in a week where we finish up talking about Push. See what we thought about it. Sign.